Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together. Our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Can I, can I get a good amen? amen? Yesterday night, we stopped at, um, I was supposed to talk about four areas that we become sluggish, and we talked in prayers, we talked in confessing the word, and that's where we stopped. We talked about God um, helping us to put a guard on the door of our lips. How many of you remember that? Now come with me to Psalm 34 and verse 13. We're going to start from there, praise God. Psalm 34 and verse... How many of you have been enjoying the meeting so far? Getting blessed? Amen. Your amen is very low. How many of you have been enjoying the meeting? Getting blessed? All right, Psalm 34. I want to hear amen like thunder. All right, maybe we'll be using that style now. Psalm 34 verse 13. The Bible says... Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Now, I want us to go to verse 12, please. The Bible says, who is the man who desires life? Who is the man who wants to see good life? And it's in my book, The Good Life. I wrote about that, right? And loves length of days that he might see good. Who wants to see life? Who wants to see good things? He tells you what to do. He says, let that man keep his tongue from evil. It shows you the requirement of a good life. It says, keep your tongue from evil. And what? And your lips from speaking deceit. You see, the more you tell lies, the more your faith will not produce. Because your spirit will not recognize when you mean what you say. A deceitful tongue will not produce maximum faith. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? But the Bible says, keep your tongue from evil. Now, when it says, keep your tongue from evil, it's not saying stop saying bad things. Well, of course, you shouldn't say bad things. But you know that what that evil means? If you go to the book of Hebrews, it says, they did not enter the land because of an evil heart of unbelief. So evil in this context is speaking unbelief. Let me give you a practical example. God says they should go into the land of Canaan. And the people says they are giants in that land. We are like grasshoppers. Because they spoke that evil. They did not see good days. You cannot rise above the level of your confession. And listen to me. What I'm teaching you is not positive confession. According to uh, Norma Vincent Peel. I'm teaching you God's word. God's word is always positive. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? He says, let the weak say what? I am strong. So we talked about not relenting in your confession. Not relenting in your declaration. Don't become sluggish. Don't become lazy. Psalm 39 verse 1. He says, I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muscle. While the wicked are in my presence. I don't want to sin with my tongue. I don't. And, and you know sin according to James. Is when a man knows to do good and does not do it. Your confession. 
The next area we must not be sluggish is in our giving. I'm not going to, I'm not going to emphasize on this a lot because I know some of you are tired of hearing about giving. But the Bible says if you are not weary in well-doing, you will reap in due season. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 1. You must not relent in your giving. You must not relent in your seed sowing. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 1. The Bible says, praise God. Cast your bread on the surface of the waters, for you will find it after how many days? I didn't hear that word, after how many days? Go to verse 2. Divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. Verse 3. If the clouds are full, they pour out rain upon the earth, and whatever a tree... when, and whether a tree falls towards the south or towards the north, wherever the tree falls, there it will lie. He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. You must not watch the wind to sow. If you watch the wind, you will not sow. If you look at your condition, you will never give. And most importantly, don't watch the clouds to reap. Just as you did not watch the wind to sow, you must not watch the clouds to reap. What it means is that regardless of the economic situation, your harvest is sure because you sowed to God. Many people don't watch the winds to sow, but they watch the clouds to reap. So I want to, I want to, I don't want to talk about your giving now. I want to talk about your reaping. Don't watch the clouds to reap. If you look to the clouds, you will not reap. One dollar is equal to 1,300 naira. Hey, you are looking at the cloud. That will affect your harvest. I don't have any destiny around, any destiny helper around me. You don't need one. You just sang that you have backing. You know, we sing sometimes, we sing what we don't believe. Oh God, I don't have anyone to help me. But you just say, I have backing. Oh, did they disappear after, after the choir stepped down? Talk to me in this church. Did they disappear after the choir stepped down? Somebody say, I have backing. The way you say it in correct English is not really sweet, right? It's not nice. I have backing. Oh. <laughs> Add some bees to the backing. See, don't ever forget. The greatest helper you ever need is on the inside of you. Oh, I don't have a rich person in my family. You are looking at the clouds. If the wind cannot affect your seed sowing, the clouds cannot affect your harvest. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tonight, I don't want to emphasize your giving. A lot of you have been giving and are tired of giving. You know why you are tired of giving? Because you've not been reaping. And you know why you've not been reaping? You look at the clouds. Your harvest is not in America. Your harvest is not anywhere. See, your harvest is in God. For my God shall supply all your needs according to what? His riches in glory by what? Christ Jesus. That's your harvest. Don't look at the clouds. Pastors, don't look at your church members. If God needs to get it from every, anyway, you know, I'll tell you a very interesting testimony. When I started, when we started, when I started planning this church, I used to stay, you know, with my brother in the area, and our church was at Agalanga Junction then. One day, I used to have one black leather bag then that I used to carry. One day I was going to church, went for visitation, I didn't know my phone fell. Fell out, it's got missing. I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh God, how am I going to get a new phone? 
Of course. I just prayed about it. And then I was online, and then a brother who we've been communicating just sent me, and that time the work just started, of course. Now, dropped the message for me. He said, uh, would you like to use an iPhone? Interestingly, at that time, I really didn't know, you know, iPhone. Those was not my issues. I mean, you have a church to plant, church to grow. iPhone was not your issue. If that's your problem, should have been in the ministry. So I said, oh, he said, oh, his wife just used one, and he just feels like giving it to me. I said, oh, not the problem. And the guy put it the next day on a fast-track DHL and sent it to me from Australia. See where God went to get phone for me. That was the first time I used an iPhone. And you know the interesting thing? He now said the Lord told him to be supporting me every month. So he added a card in that DHL stuff. And every month he put some money in that card. I think it was thirty or 25000 thereabout. And that happened for like four months. If you ask me his color of his face, I was not interested. After a while, that stopped. And that relationship just went away like that. And that's why some of us don't reap. Because once God opens a door of harvest, even when that season is over, we will not allow it to be over. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm just giving an example to say the clouds, you must not look at it. It doesn't matter the city where you are staying, God has enough provisions for you. It doesn't, are you hearing what I'm telling you now? It doesn't matter the nation you are. Listen, if God cannot bless you in famine, you have to change God's. Then it's not God. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. The next thing we must not be sluggish in is not in receiving the word of God. In receiving the word of God. We must not be lazy about it. We must not take the word of God for granted. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12 verse 13, an interesting story. And I've used this in church many times. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 12 verse 13, the Bible says, that's not what I'm quoting, I'm quoting somewhere else. The Bible says that as Jesus was teaching, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Well, tonight is the healing night. And as we, uh, as we teach, just be sensitive to the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. Just be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. All right. Luke chapter 12 verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Jesus was teaching. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Do you know why I read this scripture? Jesus was teaching. Someone attended the service. The man was not taking notes. Jesus kept teaching, kept teaching, kept teaching. And the guy looked at Jesus and said, the way this man is going, he will not close to this. So he raised his hand. I'm thinking in my mind, well, of course, Jesus knew. The guy wanted to ask a question. Look at what somebody was telling Jesus in a church service. Sir, please tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Which means all the while Jesus was teaching, the guy was hearing nothing. There are people who sit in church and their minds somewhere else. You can be in a service like this and move the, miss the move of the Holy Ghost. That's why I train my church workers all the time. To ensure that you are not distracted. Because I can't help you. It's the word that will help you. It's the word you receive that will help you. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? You must learn not to be sluggish in those days when you became a Christian. You used to write. You used to, when you look at the word of God, you are excited. Today, you just cross your legs. Eh? You have turned a... A, an analyst of pastors say yeah, I'm trying to check if you are a real one or a genuine one there are many pastors today is the last day keep quiet 
As if if you see a fake pastor, you will know. I was preaching with my dad in South Africa, finished preaching, and a man walked up to us and says, uh, congratulations. So my dad said, for what? He said, I actually came to this meeting because I've heard a lot about Nigerian preachers. I came to find fault with your preaching, and I found none. True life story. So there are people in meetings that it is not the purpose of the meeting that brought them. There are people who followed women to church. Say amen. It's not you, but say amen. <laughs> just say amen so that we can all be on the same page. So they are just waiting to close, waiting to close to collect number. And you need to get born again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I just like the way you praise God. I just like the way, my friend, my friend. <laughs> Glory to God. So you've got to make sure that you value the word of God. When you come into the house of God, what should you do? You place value on the word. Place value on your service. Because one word from God can do what? Change your life forever. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. We're talking about being sluggish in hearing the word. So we still value the word. We don't get familiar with the word. You don't get familiar with your Bible. Praise God. You don't get familiar with your devotional time. We're talking about areas. He says, don't be sluggish. Don't be slow. Don't be lazy. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. The Bible says, for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. How you receive the word will determine the performance of the word. He says you received it as a word from God. You took a hold of it. Praise God. It wasn't just casual. The word was being taught and you were open to receive it. Don't get familiar. I'm not just talking about when you come to church here, when I'm preaching. When you are doing your own devotional time, take the word serious. Those are the moments God will give you specific instructions for your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In your own prayer time, take the word serious. When you are studying the Bible, take it serious. Don't be studying the Bible and answering phone call. Have a study time. Pay attention. God is going to reveal something to you. Don't treat the word of God casually and carelessly. Hallelujah. Now, there are a lot of scriptures about the word of God. You know, um, Job 23, 12. Job treasured God's word more than his necessary food. Job 23, verse 12. Job, Job 23, verse 12. says, God, um, I treasure your word more than my necessary food. Right? You can also read Psalm 119, verse 72. says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He didn't say, look at that. He didn't say, I've treasured the word of your mouth more than my food. He says, more than my what? Necessary food. That means more than my essential food, I've treasured the word of God from your mouth. When we, when we were growing up, they used to say, no Bible, no what? Breakfast. No Bible, no breakfast. If I've not read the word of God, we will not eat. Today, you wake up with microwave. Breakfast in bed. Is it after breakfast in bed? Then Bible. By the time you are eating Bible, uh, I say eating Bible. <laughs> By the time you are reading Bible, you are already dozing off. 
Because for some of you, your breakfast is pounded yam and a goosey soup. Say, this day is going to be long. It's for the journey. For the journey is far. So by the time you hold the Bible, you think you are, God is showing you a vision. No. It's your digestive system that is complex. Have you separated yourself to get into the word? Have you taken a fast because of the Bible? I want to read the word of God today. I want to study. You see, faith is not a, um, it's not a magical principle. It's a life. And as you study the word of God, God will begin to reveal personal scriptures to you. That will become your own scripture for living. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? So if you are lazy with God's word, what will God reveal to you? Says the Holy Spirit will bring things to your remembrance. When the Holy Spirit stares your brain, what scripture will he bring? Hmm? What scripture have you fed your spirit with? You build faith by the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Psalm 119 verse 72. Let's just have that. Psalm 119 verse 72. I want to just talk on the power of God's promise today. The law of your mouth is better, than, is better to me than thousands of gold and silver. Give me the NLT version. The New Living Translation. It says, <laughs> when you read it, you say, David, this is you. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. Do you agree? <laughs> you see how, you see, even, even my pastors are quiet. <laughs> Do you agree? <laughs> Members don't believe you. Say, say, this one is David, his Old Testament. But look at what David says. He says, your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. Do, do you, can you, you know, some of you are still debating. Hmm? Is it true? Put one million dollars here. And we say, <laughs> even the way you are laughing, I don't use the example again. Huh? We put one million dollars here, cash, raw cash. Endorse, CBN endorse, don't worry, they won't catch you. And then they will now say, instead of getting the one million dollars, come to church. <laughs> come and be honest, where will you? I know you tell the truth in this church. Come on, where, where do you think you are going to be going? One million? <laughs> One million dollars. That's the truth. Because always say, don't worry. After the one million, sir, man of God, by the time we are done with you, you say you, you will know that ministry will move to the permanent site as if we're in the temporary site. You see, but but as funny as it is, we need to renew our mind that nothing can be compared to an instruction from God's mouth. And can I tell you why? When God told Peter, cast your net on the right hand side. Even where Peter worked hard all day, fish came out. A million dollars will finish. But the word of God is eternal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Value for the word. Verse 127, Psalm 119, verse 127. Value for the word. Increased value for the word. Truly, I love your commands more than gold. Even the finest gold. Why is it that some people don't come to church? They don't have gold to wear. I love your command more than gold. You see why God chose David? 
why God kept using David. There is a heart we must have towards the word of God. You see, that's why sometimes in the Orthodox Church, you know, and, and you know me, right? There are a lot of things I like in the Orthodox Church. One of the things that as Pentecostals we did and we are doing that we need to bring back is reverence for the presence of God. You know, in the Orthodox Church, you come late, they will cross that thing there and you will stay there. Stay outside until they make certain prayers. It looked religious, but they were teaching people reverence. It's in Pentecostal church, somebody will pick a call and be right, hello, hello, come, hello, I did church, I did, I did come, no, cut them, I did church. Who is calling you? With all the calls you have received, where have your life gotten to? You see, sometimes you need to prioritize certain things. You know, in the uh, Anglican church, the Orthodox church, not just the Anglican, when they finish reading the word of the, everybody will stand. They'll read God's word and say, this is the word of the Lord. Reverence. It looked, <laughs> it looked childish, but it's reverence for the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's reverence. Learn it in your life. Restore reverence to the word. And like, I, like I'm telling you, not just when I am preaching, even in your room, when you take God's word, hmm? one of the things I've started doing again is to kneel down to pray. Just that act of kneeling. You say, are you becoming legal? No, 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 no. There's something it just does to you, just to kneel. I just discovered that we are losing certain things. We're just becoming, you know, we're just becoming free and freer and freer and freer and less reverential of spiritual disciplines. A man can be having morning devotion and he's making calls. He says, yes, yes, I'm in verse 2. Just hold on, let me read that. I will get back to you. So I'm praying, I'm praying. He said, we have finished quick. Let me continue my prayer. I mean, do you really believe in those prayers you are praying? Hallelujah. One of the greatest damage to our spirituality is our phones. The distraction. That's why I wrote that book, Growing Up, uh, growing up Spiritually in a Busy World. You can get it on your way out. Not free. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or you go and fight my staff and say, Pastor said, you can't get it. I've come to get it. No, it's not free. But you see, we must be careful of that. Reverence for the presence of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Reverence for the presence of God. Like I said, not only in church, because in church, everyone is well behaved. In your house, when you have your family devotion, some of you are drinking tea and having devotion. Child is crying. You see, if you do that in your home, as your children come to church, they will learn to reverence the presence of God in church. When they are praying, you are praying, gather your children together. Say, let's pray. Put off the TV. Don't say, ah, if you put off the TV now, the child will cry. And you are praying. And your child is in like, he's still watching the TV. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I say, don't, he's a small child. He's not a small child. The Muslims don't train their children that way. The Jews don't train their children that way. By the age of 12, you should have known the Torah. It says, when you wake up, when you sit, when you sleep, by your bed, recite the Torah. Put the word of God in your children. Put the word of God in your family. Let your children value the presence of God again. 
You see, it will make your faith produce. Hallelujah. Now let's go to the power of his promise. Go back to Hebrews chapter 6. I want to see how far I can go with this before we just begin to minister to people by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews 6. We're in Hebrews 6 verse 11. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say amen if you're here. Alright. He says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. That's what we're talking about. Inherit the promises through faith. He says, so that you will not become sluggish, but imitate imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit inherited the promise. I, want, I just want to talk about the power of the promise. We are inheriting the promise of God. Now, the very concept of inheritance, please pay attention. I'm going to be a bit fast tonight. It's going to have some time on my side. The very concept of inheritance means that someone has worked. Am I right? We cannot talk about inheritance. We cannot use the word inheritance if you are talking about labor. Am I clear? Okay, let me, let me explain it. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Now, you cannot be talking of labor and inheritance in the same vein. Because inheritance simply means that someone had died, right, or is alive, but there is something that person has worked for that you need to take a hold of. Are we clear on that? All right. Now, let's look at this. The promise, amen, is as powerful and as potent as who made it. The promise is as powerful and as potent as who made it. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrew, Hebrews 11, 11. We're looking at the power of the promises so that we might inherit the promise. Now look at this. By faith, even Sarah herself, now, if you have been following these teachings since I started on Thursday, I talked about constant. And I said, what is constant? God is constant. Jesus is constant. The Holy Spirit is constant. His word is constant, right? What's the variable? Our faith. Okay, so if you're not here, get the messages. It says, by faith, even Sarah herself did what? Hey, hey, let's, let's, let's flow together. Did what? Received the ability to conceive. Did you see that word receive? God promised her, we're going to talk about that. God promised them a child. But the promise of the child did not materialize until faith was active. Now, it's what Sarah did that I want us to get from here. The power of God was constant. She received the ability to conceive. And the Bible says, even beyond the proper time of life. Which means her ability to receive that power... Even though she had passed the age of childbearing did not affect her ability to conceive. But how did this happen? You see, I've explained something to you, please, and really understand this. Let me say this again. God is not mysterious. There's no miracle in the Bible that if you are patient enough to study, you will not know how the people got the miracle. 
So for instance, let me tell you, I can just come and say, you know, even though Sarah was, um, you know, da, 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 she had a child. Today you will have a child. Today it's okay. You can conceive like that. There's no problem. The challenge is you will not know how. So tomorrow you'll be looking for me again. Are you following what I'm saying? You'll be looking for me because you will now attribute that power to Papa's declaration. But if you understand what I'm teaching you now, even when Papa has died and gone, you can still be giving death. He says, since she considered him faithful who had promised, it is the consideration of the faithfulness of God that released the ability for conception. You cannot use the word consider if you didn't check options. New Living Translation. NLT, quickly. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed, she believed that God will keep his promise. That's the power. Now, there was a time in school they were teaching us poverty. So <laughs> when my lecturer wrote the topic poverty, I said, no, we don't need lecture on poverty. If you want to, rather you should sit down and let's, and let's, let's teach you, you know. Uh, you have theory, we have practical experience. <laughs> you know, we had some very funny things. Eh? When you go to the farm and you realize that your food is not ready, you now drink Gary with green pepper. Yeah. Because you keep your plates hmm? at the end of where you are supposed to clear to. So it's not that there's no food. Your food is there, so you keep clearing, keep clearing. By the time you clear halfway here, you realize that if you want to inherit that promise, you need to eat something. Hmm? <laughs> so, my lecturer taught us about different kinds of poverty. So, he talked about relative poverty. Relative poverty simply means that as rich as you are now, you are still poor compared to someone. Okay? Who's the richest man in the world now? Is he Elon Musk or have they... Okay, let's just say... Let's just say Dangote is the richest person around this vicinity, right? As compared to Elon Musk, Dangote is what? Is poor. That's what you call relative poverty. Okay. All right. <laughs> Somebody say, oh, Father, give me relative poverty. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Don't pray that prayer. <laughs> Don't pray that prayer. I say, ah! I learned something in the faith conference. I learned I want relative problem. No, 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 don't do that. Now, even as you are complaining that things are bad for you, you are still richer than someone. That's why gratitude is the language of faith. Are you hearing this? But there's somewhere I'm going to. So if now, that's, I, I wanted to use myself as an example. That's why I went through all those long routes. So if I stay here today and say, I, I am promising everyone, is this an example? <laughs> If I say, if you are leaving this church today, everybody is going with $1,000. Now, the truth of the matter is, ah, you will doubt a bit. You know that pastor is not, pastor is not poor. That's why I brought the relative poverty thing. 
say, Pastor is not poor, but you now calculate. You know, some of you can cut quickly. <laughs> so, you know, especially those of you that grew up in polygamous home. Uh, where they say, count how many of you? 15, and you don't miss any numbers. So, those of you that by reason of use can count with your head. See, that's $200,000. I'm not sure this man have it. Right? Now, even though I've made a good promise, there's doubts in your heart. Because you know me to an extent. But if I say, uh, well, everybody here is living with a bottle of malt. <laughs> you see how you laughed? <laughs> you just said that, mm, you can give you malt. Right? But if Dangote comes now, See, some of you are smiling already. So, <laughs> and he says, well, everybody in this program, you are going home with $1,000. Some of you will bring your phone and send a text to your wife. Say, collect the rice. <laughs> Say, ah, has money coin. Say, I'm the one telling you, go and collect the rice. Then add chicken. Say, later, later, I did church, later. You know, why did you, you know, so something... <laughs> You know, when people say, uh, I don't have faith, I don't have faith, I don't know. If you have faith, your actions will show. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? By your actions, you already believe. It's Dangote. You are sure it's him. Forget it. Go and collect the rice. You can even say, call the headmistress. We are paying two children's COVID. Even the one we have not given birth to, let them write the name. We are paying. What is happening? Listen to this now. Because you believe that Dangote would keep his promise. That has given you the ability to collect rice. So, by faith, even though the money has not touched your hand, by faith, you receive strength to collect rice and chicken, having believed that Dangote would keep his promise. So, what released the power to collect the rice and the chicken even though the money has not touched your hand, is the ability of the one who promised. You know why you are struggling with faith? You don't know God. That's just it. You come to church, you are a pastor's child, you are a pastor's wife, you are a pastor, but you don't know God. So how do you grow your faith? Grow your knowledge of God. Oh, somebody, are you hearing what I'm saying? See, open your Bible. Read about how God parted the Red Sea. Not with the book of Bible story mindset. Read and think about it. So, I serve a God. The sea was this thick. And God parted it. That's the God I serve. 100,000 is too small to shake our God. But no, you rather watch NTA News. You'd rather be checking a bouquet FX. How much now? How much now? How m- you are so knowledgeable of politics. Ah, if this man wins, we are gone. Spend that time to study about God. If your knowledge of God increases, your practice of faith will be easy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you realize that for your children, the younger ones believe you more. <laughs> Did you drop my volume? The younger one believes you more. You know why? They don't believe that you will lie. So they just say, Daddy, on your way, please buy aeroplane for us. You say, and you to you say, no problem. Which color of aeroplane? <laughs> you know, just. But as your children grow older, they will now realize that you don't keep some promises. So, so when you come out first, I'm going to buy a shirt for you. The guy came out first. He asked for a shirt. See, my friend, I'm face You see, those things you do to your children, 
make them doubt God. Don't ever promise your children what you will not give. In fact, don't threaten your children if you will not beat them. Don't say, I will beat you if you do this. You are reducing their capacity to trust people's words. Don't threaten your children with a juju calabar. You know what juju calabar is? That, is that an English name for that? Oh, juju. <laughs> Whatever that is. Don't, don't threaten. You see, you see, the practice of faith is in your daily life. Listen to me. There is no spirituality. I am joking. This is my children. Mm-hmm. You are confusing your heart. Deceitful speaking. If you will not beat a child, don't say, I will beat you if you do this. What you are doing is you are making them not to trust promises. We'll talk about that some other day. I know some of you. All the things you have said you do for your children, no one you have done. Some of you, even your wife. So next time, when you say, I will do this for you, you say, hmm. Surely when you borrow money from your wife. Eh? Say, just give me 100, just give me 100,000. I'm working on something. I'm working. Transfer it. <laughs> and Next time, he say, give me 100. He say, hey, I will pay you. He say, mm. you know what's happening? Your ability. Ability. And listen to me. Some of us have that relationship with God. When God says, I'm the Lord that heals you, he say, mm. this person died of sickness. So because of that, you don't receive the ability to conceive the strength to bring forth that miracle. Let me show you a few more scriptures. Let me, let me build on this on the promise. Let me build on this on the promise. Amplified Bible, Bible, please. Amplified Bible. Are you still here? Are you learning something? So if we want to build our faith, forget about developing faith. Go and build relationship with God. Once you can trust God, faith will be easy. You know that God will keep it. That God is able. Not just mentally. Not in your head. In your heart. Because of faith also, Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child, even when she was long past the age of it, because she considered God, who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. So, pay attention. We can replace the word promises with word. Because a promise comes by word. Right. If I say, I'm going to give everybody this an example. I'm going to give everybody a bottle of malt. It's words I spoke, but it's promise. So inheriting the promises by faith simply means inheriting the word by faith. Because God's word is his promise. And your promise is what? Your will. There are people today that if we close church now, there are my members I know today that if I close church now and they say, oh, pastor, I'm going to transfer something to your account. Because I know their capacity. I can estimate what will come. There are those that will come and know oh, this, is, this will be between maybe 10,000 to 50,000. It's not as if I don't believe you, but. <laughs> I mean, Hebrews 11, verse 11. And there are those who have promised. You are almost tempted to now send a message again. Did you see the account? Because they are not reliable. Are you hearing? And then when somebody has done that consistently, he can no longer be trusted. You know why God will always keep his word? Because God cannot test. Oh, sorry. God cannot fail. His word cannot fail. His promises cannot fail. So if you are not receiving the promises, it has nothing to do with God. It's your trust. That's why you realize that whatever you are believing God for, someone somewhere has also believed God for that thing and gotten it. It's not mystery. 
This thing is not about anointing. And one anointing is higher than the other. God did not place our lives at the mercy of somebody's anointing. So, because my anointing is heavy now, then maybe my wife offended me before I'm coming and I said, these people, they will suffer today. Then what will happen? God will now leave sickness in your body because I'm angry. Even if I don't pray for you and you open the word of God and say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. God has put your life in your own hands. Are you, do you understand what I'm teaching you tonight? Your life is in your hands. My own is to guide you. My own is to help you. Right? But I am not your solution. God's man of thunder and power with brimstone with fire. The man will die. <laughs> and as a minister, you know, I mean, my pastors, you know this, right? Don't, don't overexalt yourself. Stay humble. When you are small in your eyes, God will give you the kingdom. I came here anointed, red with heaven's oil. Relax, relax. They take it easy. <laughs> if you read God's general and you read church history, you will know that we have not seen miracles. Smithugos was raised 15 dead people in his ministry. The guy was an illiterate. Amos in Macpherson used to have what you call stretcher days. She would pull a hole. People invalid would be on that hall. One by one, they would stand up. We have not touched power. <laughs> we have not touched power. And I, I believe that's one of the reasons power is being, is being held back in that. Because I'm wondering if we walk in that dimension of power. People will crawl to come and see us. So God has not placed, listen to me child of God. God has not placed your future in the hands of any man. It's in your hands. You have the book of promises. You choose how far and what you will inherit. Paul says, we are helpers of your faith. He says, we don't dominate your faith. We do what? We help your faith. So maybe, I mean, you are weak, you're strong, something is wrong, and you really are not in a position to believe God. Come on, I come, pray for you, anoint you, do stuff for, for you. And you. But that does not mean the next service you should be waiting for me. We are helpers of your faith. Are you getting this now? All right. Genesis 18 Verse 11 to 14. You know the story, right? You, you should know the story. Sarah. <laughs> Genesis 18, 11 to 14. It says, Now Abraham and Sarah were old and advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed, at her, laughed to herself, saying, After I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am also old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? This is one question that if you can answer from your heart, faith will be bettered. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At this appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year and Sarah will have a son. That's the promise. So she considered God faithful. She judged God faithful. Genesis 21, come with me. Genesis 21, verse 1. Then the Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had what? Uh, uh, the Lord did for Sarah as he had what? Promised. So we cannot inherit God's promises without faith. Psalm 104, verse 106, verse 24. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 106. I'll just do two more scriptures and then we'll start praying. I just want to go through this quickly. 
And I'll build on it. Psalm 106 verse 24. Do you understand what I'm saying? I just want to simplify this. Every word of God is the promise of God. Now, pay attention why they get Psalm 106 verse 24. Look at this, right? There are two kinds of promises. There is the written promise and the spoken promise. So, for instance, God can actually speak to you in your heart about what he wants to do in your life. That's the spoken promise. But if there is no spoken promise, we have what you call what? The written promise. You don't need any prophet to tell you that your future will be bright. The path of the just shines brighter and brighter unto the word perfect day. That's a written promise. Now God might speak some personal things to you. God might highlight some scriptures to you. That's a revealed promise. That's a spoken promise. But if there is no spoken promise, child of God, the written promise is enough. Hallelujah. Now, if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 6, when you read down, it says that because God could not swear by anyone, he swore by himself. Which means that, (laughs) you see, for God's word to fail, he will not be God. So, if the word of God is not coming to pass in your life, leave God. Check your life. Do you trust him? That's why you should learn more about God than devils. I thought... Um, when I was in our church in Worry, I thought on something. Let me tell you something. Let me, I'll come here. Let me just give this example. If a herbalist now, eh? if a herbalist, you know, the real herbalist, not modern ones, the real ones which, that their teeth is broken, have only one teeth at the center, those real herbalists. You know, if they are passing you on the way, right? Maybe they are passing you and maybe something happened and they look at you and say, you will see. You know what the average believer is going to do? Tell me. What do you think? Talk, talk to me. What do you think? Send prayer requests. Send power. Fast. You will say, ah. I thought the message called faith in the priestly blessing. Maybe I'll put it up so that you guys can listen to it. Eh? You'll be afraid. See, he told me I will see. It's faith in the herbalist. But you know, I'm your pastor. I mean, I don't have protocol. I don't have anything. You know, I'm just walking back. I just say, ah, good morning, sir. I say, oh, bless you. Will you pray? You won't even say amen. He said, bless you too. <laughs> you see, the truth of the matter is that I said bless you, but it didn't mean anything to you. But that person just said you will see. And you carried that thing and prayed about it. And Some of the things you pray about shows where your faith is. Early days when we started church, a brother told me that they found a charm under his bed that I should come and carry it. <laughs> so... <laughs> That time we were still selling the bookshop. I entered the bike with him, went there, saw the thing. So I said, so what do you want me to do now? He said, ah, pastor. It's not. So I collected it and put it in my pocket. So I prayed for him, everything. He said, ah, thank you, sir. Ah, I'm grateful. Thank you. I entered the bike. But as I was just leaving his place, I threw the thing away. Somebody said, hey, so what did you do after? What did I do? Hey, did you not sanctify? Sanctify what? You see, when you, when you are dull, and they say results are out, and you are dull, you first of all go and check the names of people who failed. That's where you start from. You know when you are dull. Say, ah, results are out. They say, is it true? Say, let's go and check. Say, no, no, you both should go. I'll come later. I'm busy. Because you don't want to. You understand what I'm saying? So you go, you check people who fail. Check, 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 check. Ah, thank you, Lord. I manage. Then when you want to check people who pass, you start from the ground. Because... Because you know that the highest here is like this. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? But when you are confident of what you wrote in the exams, are you understanding what I'm saying? And they say, oh, let's go and check. Results are out. You go straight here. The reason you are still praying some prayers is that you are sure that the Satan can still get your life. Oh, you dreamt and you died. Then you now... Why are you checking your name in this list? You've passed from death to life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not, you see, faith will make you almost arrogant. But it's not arrogance. It's the song we have. The song we sang. We have backing. We're not alone. There's something behind us. There's someone behind us. His name is God. The one who created heaven and earth. Are you hearing what I'm telling you tonight? Let's stop all this religiosity. Fear-based Christianity. Let me do this so we can finish. Psalm 106 verse 24. Then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe in his word. What land? The land of Canaan. Please give me the NLT. 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 Look at this. Everybody look at this please. Let's read together. One to go. The people refused to enter the pleasant land for they wouldn't believe his promise to care for them. Do you see why those people died in the wilderness? This is the answer. He, they couldn't believe the promise. God says, go into Canaan. They said, there are grasshoppers in the land. What will God do? God will not force you to inherit the promise. It's your faith that lays hold in the promise. Are you hearing this now? NIV. They despised the pleasant land because they did not believe his promise. Do you believe God's word concerning you? Are you here now? Do you believe God's word concerning you? So we know that God's promise is his word. So if we talk about inheriting the promises by faith, the first thing is to believe the promise of God. In fact, the first place is even to know the promises of God. You know God, you know his promises, and then you believe. So faith is not a magical journey. You are deliberate about it. Concerning this area of health, what does God say concerning my health? Not uh, in my generation. People always die with high blood pressure. You know that. What else do you know? You know some people know more sicknesses than the doctor. They are the ones advising the doctor. Some of you, you feel symptoms. God goes straight. If your leg is shaking, chiki, 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 what shall you do? <laughs> you know, I've always told people this. Especially preachers. Not everything on the internet is correct. Then a lot of people come up. Solution. Drink uh, drink glucose and this one. Drink. Some of you, it's all those things you are drinking that now even kills you the more. If, you, if your leg was just shaking, you would have lived, lived long. Don't research what will cause your faith to deplete the little one you have. You can go and meet a doctor and help you. But some of you should stop searching for what is not lost. Spend that time to search God's word. Can you say amen? amen. Hebrews 10, 23. Please give me Hebrews 10, 23. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Oh, blessed be your name forever. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. New American Standard Bible. Let's hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Ah, Kalabashata. Hold fast. Don't be sluggish. 
Every time Satan reminds you of that situation that is not sorted, say, my God is faithful. That's how Job came out. I've always told you, when Job said, my Redeemer, leave it, it was not a sticker he bought in church. It was not church conference t-shirts. It was a conviction from the inside. He said, there's hope for a tree at the scent of water. That means when you infuse life into something that is dead, say for the God who gives life to the dead and collect those things that be not as though they were. Hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Don't stagger at the promise. Romans 4, 20 to 21 said about Abraham that he did not stagger at the promise. You see, you, one of the reasons why you're not inheriting the promises of God is because you are staggering at the promise. You are wavering at the promise. You think God will do it, you think God will not do it. You think God will do it, you think God will not do it. You think God has healed you, you think God has not healed you. The symptoms come up. You think, no, 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 no. Yet, I'll deal with this on Sunday. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief. So, he tells us what wavering is. Wavering is unbelief. He did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith. Come on, how did he grow strong in faith? Giving glory to God. You give God glory even when the answer has not come physically. Because he is faithful who keeps the promise. Remember the example I gave? Dangote said, he will give you money. What happened? Eh? You start ordering. You start ordering. Even if somebody meets you now and says, I'm going to give you something. What will you say? Thank you, sir. You have thanked the person when you have not even received. That's what he said. You grow strong in faith by thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the language of faith. Verse 21. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And being fully assured. King James will say, being fully persuaded. That what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And I'll pick up from here on Sunday. God's promise is not just empty promises. He has promised and he has the ability. Are you hearing this now? See, this is where the faith is. So you know what we need to know, learn more about our God. That's why, step on the keyboard for me. That's why, and I'll close here. That's why the children of Israel, when they were fighting the Philistines, and the ark of God came to their midst, the guys shouted. They knew that, forget it. As the ark has come, we have won this battle. That's confidence in the ability of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, establish this word in the heart of everyone by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.